to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of audio podcast land, and welcome to another exciting episode of Furusato, a Legend of the Five Rings actual play podcast. I am the storyteller for this amazing game, Mikey. You can follow me on my social medias at Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow all of us collectively at D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, where you can stay up to date on all the actual play podcasts and pop culture podcasts that we got going on. And ladies and gentlemen, we're coming down to the final stretches of quote unquote season one. So make sure to either catch up and spread the word so more people can enjoy these stories. We got some exciting plans for y'all down the pipeline. So make sure to give us a like and follow to stay up to date with what we got going on. As always, I am joined by my amazing cast of players. So we're going to go around really quickly. We're going to do some introductions. Then we're going to get into this episode proper. So eeny, meeny, miny, mo, the hand of fate has chosen Christopher to be the first to go. Right as I put food in my mouth. Uh, okay, let's <laughs> do it. <laughs> ah, there we go. Hello, everybody. Uh, Chris or Riku here. Uh, you may remember me as the Dungeon Master for the Academy uh, here on the Vibe Tribe, um, as well as on Friday Night Fights. Uh, you can follow me on social media at uh, Pup Riku or Puppy Riku, depending on the app. Just search both. You'll find me. Um, and yeah, tonight I am playing Kaito Shiba of the Phoenix Clan. Uh, where I'm ready to get into this. I miss this game. <laughs> it has been quite a little bit, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, I miss everybody here, too. All righty, so we're going to keep this introduction train going. The next person to, you know, introduce himself to you lovely listening audience is going to be Adolfo. Saludos, programas, and konnichiwa. I am Adolfo, the nerdy Puerto Rican, and I am here to play some Legend of the Five Rings uh, tonight in this game. Uh, I am on numerous other games here on the D&D Vibe Tribe, um, but in this game, this game right here, I play Shodai Tokatsukaze, the nigiri-eating phenom. What he's a phenom of, I don't know. Oh my goodness, I missed all these. Oh, I can't wait. This is, gonna, this is gonna be fun. All right, next person to give their introduction is going to be Amador. Hello, everyone. It's Amador, your favorite normal guy. Usually, I'll be playing your favorite ankle biting goblin, but today I'll be playing your fun loving smithy, uh, Caillou Daidoro. Thank you, sir. All right. Next up, hailing from all the way across the world. And I will keep saying this because this person is amazing for agreeing to get up early for the rest of us. It's the one and only Phenom, Mikael. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. <clears throat> Maybe because this is a podcast. My name is uh, Mikael. I, uh, as mentioned, I live in Sweden. And uh, it's very early in the morning. Uh, tonight I will be playing our favorite group uncle, Akoro Ikigai, uh, the Lion Clan Emerald Magistrate. Uh, you may find me on other um, other shows on uh, the Vibe Tribe and. Uh, all around beggar talk, uh, wherever they let me in. Essentially, I maybe I show up, maybe I'm asleep, uh, maybe both. It all depends. Uh, yeah, I'm very <laughs> tired. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, bud, but thank you for joining us. I I know. So we're going to we're going to try to keep this on track so you can get some sleep, my dude. <laughs> I'm slamming a monster right now. It's going to be fine. Uh, OK, 
<laughs> Never mind then. Uh, currently reading um, the Horus Heresy series and listening to Paul Bearer uh, sponsor me Games Workshop. <laughs> oh my gosh, that combination is great. I love it. Oh my goodness. Alrighty. And of course, last but certainly not least, joining us tonight and to round out our introductions is going to be the one and only Josh. Hello, hello, everyone. Greetings and salutations. It is I, Josh. You may also know me as MG Preacher if you follow me on TikTok. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, MG Preacher Man, if you wish. But tonight here, I will be playing Yakakana Nakaze, a uh, Lion Clan of the Ikoma family. And I've got a new dice tray. I've got some new dice sent by an amazing player. So let's get the show on the road. Thank you for setting me up for that amazing transition. Speaking of another amazing player, unfortunately, we are missing our lovable Mio, played by the amazing uh, Will, a.k.a. Halfling Wizard, on all of the social medias. And you can also follow him at, drop, at Death Drop Dice, as uh, he was kind enough to send pretty much almost everybody in the cast some dice for us for this game. And I mean, it's bad podcasting, but if you can see these ladies and gentlemen, they are beautiful. So, Will, if you listen to this episode, just know that we miss you. We love you and go support Death Drop Dice. But yeah. I'm super excited to roll with these. Super excited. Oh, me too. I cannot wait because I actually get to roll some dice this game, this session. <laughs> uh, we shall see, though. I hope they work better for you guys than they do for me because it's more fun when players are amazing than when I totally kill you. <laughs> uh, alrighty, but with those introductions out of the way, we can begin our story proper tonight with a bit of a recap. So last time where we left off on Furosato, we began with the conclusion of the banquet in which our group noticed our young Mantis clan member, Hitoshi, kind of eh, dipping out a little bit from the banquet. And uh, it was actually our good old um, Smithy over here, Crab Boy, <laughs> that was able to catch Hitoshi have a little conversation with the little water spirit that he is able to summon after a brief exchange and probably one of the cute moments that we've had. One, I said one, not the only, because there have been some awesome cute moments before. This just added to the cuteness factor. Everyone made their way back to the banquet in which they finished off the night before heading for a night's rest. In the morning, our group, after a bit of a scare, of not being able to locate Hitoshi when they woke up, found him in the dining hall where everyone enjoyed a brief breakfast before heading to the final event of the day. In order to qualify for the said event, each candidate needed to be able to pass a certain amount of tests. And obviously, all of our young samurai, including their friends and their mantis friend, Hitoshi, all qualified for this, which was a one-on-one -on -one duel with either a weapon or if they were a Shugenja, which is magic in this world's user, they were able to do that as well. After qualifying for all of their rounds and passing their final test, when it came time for Hitoshi to take his place, it was nowhere to be seen, though our party, being the like-minded individuals that they were, decided that it was going to be time to search for their friend. After splitting up and reconvening, they all made their way to the docks, where upon entering Hitoshi's ship that he gifted um, the proprietor of the Dueling Academy, found the Lion Clan snots as we're referring to them, beating up on poor Hitoshi. Once their presence was made, the Lion Clan samurai tossed our young fledglings some wooden swords known as bokens and required them to fight them in a kind of skirmish slash duel if they wanted to get Hitoshi back and to take him to get his wounds taken care of. 
And that is where we're going to begin tonight's episode. Okay, so we're about to enter combat. So before I tell you what you guys need to do, just for the listening audience and for my players, a brief introduction to combat in Legends of the Five Rings. So combat in Legend of the Five Rings works somewhat similarly to most dice-wielding games, with the exception that actions are more narratively driven based on the success of the actual attacks. Getting a hit per se in this game is not necessarily going to be hard. However, how much damage you do is going to ultimately depend on a few things. When we do combat, we're going to go and I'm going to obviously take initiative order so we can figure out who's going when and all that good stuff. But at the same time, when everybody goes, the way that combat works is I sent you guys a little cheat sheet in the player's handout, which lists kind of an example of how battle goes. But also to the one thing that you're going to want to pay attention to is the stance chart in that second link of the example of combat, because before you give your action and roll to see if you hit with your weapon, you're going to pick a stance, which has some different benefits according to what you want to do. So the cool thing with this is that this game is very reactive with combat. So when you go, the enemy will go, and then you can react to what they do by changing your stance when it comes back to you. So it's very a reactive kind of situation. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's get into combat proper. So this is how we're going to determine. Well, before we get into initiative, you guys are going to do what is known as an assessment role. So what that means is when you do an assessment check, you are still going to figure out which of the five elements you want to use your assessment check with. But the skill that you're going to be used for assessment is going to be tactics. So once you decide your elemental ring approach, then if you have any skills in the in the tactics section, then you're going to roll that many white die with your black die for the elemental ring. And then depending on how many successes you get, you're going to want to keep that number in mind because when we determine initiative, that's going to come into play. But we'll get into that so step by step. So first, I need everyone to give me an assessment check. So pick your elemental ring, and then you're going to roll any dice that you have any ranks in for tactic. While my players do that for the listening audience, it's going to be very interesting tonight because it's going to be a lot of fun. So we shall see what happens. Alrighty, so let's get this. So we're going to go in reverse. Well, actually, itty bitty bunny mo Amador. What did you end up getting? So what elemental approach did you use? And then what was the result of your role? So I got, I so I used uh, the elemental approach of fire. And I rolled a explosive success, a success with opportunity, a success with strife, and then an opportunity. So three successes in total. Okay. So that is three successes. I'm going to write this down because you're going to want to remember that number for later. All right. So next up, uh, it's been a while, so I got to do real things right now. <laughs> you were kind of soft there. Was it me? You said? Say what now? You you were really soft sounding there. I didn't hear. Oh, hold up. Is that banner? Yes, it is. Stupid microphone. All right. Anyways, since we're talking, Chris, why don't you give us the lowdown? So what elemental approach did you use? And then what was your result? So I used the uh, elemental approach of Earth. Um, essentially, more so keeping myself calm as I assess the situation. Um, I got two success, two opportunities, one with strife. Okay, so your total successes would be two. Okay, cool. All right. Adolfo, we're going to you, my friend. What element did you use, and then what was your final total? Showed I used the element of water, uh, and uh, showed I got a success, two opportunities, and a strife. Okay. So once overall success. 
this is going to be a good time. So, uh, Mikael, we talked about it, so I'll come to you in a little bit when we get to you. Which leaves, Josh, what did you end up getting? What, re- what element did you use? And then what was your final roll? So I chose the water stance because I want to be fluid and adaptive in my movements. Yet I still want to strike swift and hard. And I rolled an explosive success, explosive with strife, a success, a success with strife, and an opportunity. Damn. So your success total is a... Three? This is four, because each, su- oh, yeah. each explosive success is one. Then he can re-roll one more for each explosive success if he wants to. And then, yeah. But right cool. now he has four successes. Then there's Damn. something about keeping dice uh, equal to... Uh, equal to your ring, I think? Or equal to your... Um... I think it... Is the ring? I think it's uh, equal to your ring, yeah. Yeah. So, granted, because this is the first combat, as far as the more, I don't want to say combat-y rules, but I'm going to keep it bare bones for tonight because this is our first one, and I want you guys to get used to the combat. But that is something that we're going to bring up a little bit later. All righty. So with that being said, so now that we've done the assessment check, now we can actually roll into initiative. <laughs> Alrighty, so here's how initiative is going to work. So I asked, well, I mean, I wrote it down. But the reason I asked you guys to keep track of how many successes that you had is that your initiative is determined by a few things. It is determined by you either choosing to use the number represented on your character's focus or vigilance score. So whatever you want to use and you get to add that plus the number of bonus successes that you got when you rolled for your assessments. So obviously to pass the check, you needed to pass a target number of one. So one is the minimum requirement, but any additional successes that you had after that one, you use it. So, for example, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on I'm gonna pick on Adolfo for this one for a little bit. So, Adolfo, because you got the one that you needed to succeed in the tactics check, when you pick your score to use for either focus or vigilance, you get no bonus successes to add because that one that you had goes towards what you needed for the tactics check, and you have no other bonuses. So whatever you want to use for your focus or your vigilance works. However, for the rest of you, you're going to subtract one of your successes that you had, and then whatever's left over, you add to your focus and your vigilance score. So with that being said, let me do the same for these guys. Wow, they did shit. (laughs) Uh, All right. So here we go to determine the order. So... I just need a number from everyone. So we're going to go. So Daidoro, what did you, what is your final total after all is said and done? So it's one. It's minus one from the pool of successes you have, right? Correct. So since you got three, three, I would have two. And you get to add that two to either your focus or your vigilance to determine your initiative number. So whichever one you want to pick. I'm going to do focus, and that's going to be a six. Okay, so grand total of six. All righty. Cool. Our good old Phoenix boy, what did you get? Uh, so I'm also going to be using focus, and that'll bring me to a total of four. Oh, okay. All right, Shodai, with everything that is being said, what does your final number come out to? Focus four. Okay, so four, so that's going to be a good one. And then last but certainly not least, Yaka, 
you get three to add to your focus or your vigilance. So what ends up being your final score? Okay. Um, tell you what, I'm going to put my three into focus. So that would bring me up to seven. Damn. All right. Okay. And then these little snots that I rolled for. <laughs> uh, they didn't roll... See, I like it when dice works for my players. They didn't really work out for me, but that's okay. <laughs> so with their focus and with the no successes that I have, they get a big old whopping three. So this is some bullshit, but we'll make it work. <laughs> for the listening audience, please know, like, I'm not vindictive. I'm not evil, but I was just like, but this is going to be good. So with that out of the way, so here is our order. So we're going to go. Yaka is going to end up going first. Next is going to be Daidoro. Kaito, you will be afterwards. Shodai will then go, which means that bringing up the rear is the lion's knots. All righty. All right, kids. Now that we've gotten all that out of the way, who's ready for actual fight now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this started. So to kind of give you a mental image in your mind, you guys are currently standing on the ship that Hitoshi gifted to Toshimoko-san as a gift during the banquet. So currently, you guys are towards the main entrance way, so kind of uh, the entry ramp or at least by it anyways, of the ship. And directly on the other side is the Lion Clan members with their wooden swords. You have your wooden swords. Hitoshi's kind of like against the wall at the moment, kind of composing himself. Your intervention prevented further things from happening to him in terms of internal damage. So there are currently four of these little snots, so one for each of you should you wish. And we're going to start with Yaka. So, Yaka, this is how it's going to work. So, obviously, when we do combat, the first thing that you are going to do is you're going to pick your elemental stance. So, using the little chart that I posted in player handouts, you can choose between the five elemental stance, which gives you an effect based on what you want to do as a result. And in fact, for all my players, while we wait for your turn, you guys can take a look at those stance to kind of get a familiarization of those stances and their effects. And then you guys will be able to kind of tell me and then we'll jump into everything else. Alrighty. So, Iaka, with you, uh, which elemental stance do you think you would want to start off with to begin this combat? Hmm. I think I'm actually. You know what? No, I'm. I'm gonna stick with my water stance. Okay. Cool. So you're gonna do your water stance. So that's good. Alrighty. So with your water stance, that means that while you are currently in water stance, after you make a check. And because it's compact, now I'm going to start including strife. So this is going to be fun. So after you make a check, you may remove two strife when you are in water stance. Or you can stow an item, which you currently don't have at the moment. Or you can move one range band, which means you can move up one if we were using a map. But because y'all are relatively close to each other, it's not going to be that difficult to close the gap per se. Okay, so with that out of the way... Now, this is probably a stupid question on my part, but I'm assuming you're going to start whacking fools with this Vulcan wooden sword. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Yaka has become real close friends with everybody here, so when I find somebody whacking on one of my friends, I'm going to whack them. Oh, we love to see it. Yeah, Alrighty. whack your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Whack your friends as the as the as the group uncle just his voice just floats on the wind. It's like who said that? <laughs> Alrighty, so Yaka, here's what I need you to do. So you are definitely going to give me a uh, melee check 
So that's the skill we're going to use. And because you're currently in the water stance, you're actually going to use the water ring. So that's the other thing. The elemental stance that you use is going to be the element you're going to use when you make an attack. So keep that in mind. So because you're in the water stance, water is going to be your elemental ring and any skill dice or any ranks that you have in your martial uh, melee skill to be precise is what you're going to roll. And then we will see what happens from there. So. OK, give me just while you are rolling. Roll my dice. Yep, no problem. I think that was a pretty good roll. Uh, so I rolled two explosive successes. An explosive success with strife and a success with strife. <laughs> okay. So this is where, again, like I said, this is where I'm going to start incorporating strife. So I'm going to add another layer of the game to this. So when you, so, so far, when you guys rolled for skill checks, we kind of just ignored the strife and we counted the successes and the explosive successes. So now that we're including Stripe, this is where the mechanic of keeping your dice is going to come into play. So looking at what you currently rolled, you may keep all those successes, including the ones that have Strife on it. But the catch is, is if you keep any of the successes with Strife on them, you accumulate said Strife. And in this game, strife is kind of the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, that kind of starts to eat away at the composure of a samurai because a samurai has to keep face no matter the situation they're in. So should you gain enough strife to take you over your, uh, <laughs> your status when it comes to your composure, then you start to freak out, and then if it keeps going, you eventually have a social outburst, which has negative consequences. So here's the thing to keep in mind. You may keep any of those successes that you have, but just know that if you keep them with strife attached to it, you also need to note how much strife you have. And if it goes over what you have for your composure, then I get to play with things, and it's going to be a good time. Does that make sense? So much strife means no good well in a sense strife cannot strife means at the moment it's not a good feeling but it's not the worst thing it's when you go over your composure that it could be a potential problem but like you said if you accumulate like strife, said, too much like, strife <laughs> yeah too much strife is not good for nobody so just keep that in mind so with that being said what would you like to keep so of your roles which one are you going to keep and then what is your final total for your successes and any stripes if you choose to keep it okay um before i answer the after you make a check you may remove two strife that that applies my next check correct no that counts for this one <laughs> oh so basically right now i just got three explosive successes and a success if i wanted to use that Yes. So if you have the two stripes, if it's exactly two, then technically you don't gain them. So yeah, you can use all those successes without any stripes since you're in the water stance. Okay, cool. God bless Will for these dice. <laughs> How dare you? He blessed your dice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to keep those. Okay, so that is a total of four successes. Uh, some bullshit, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so with that being said, again, you, because it's a wooden sword, all you need to do is hit that target number of one, and you deal additional damage after that one. So since you have four take away that one which means you can do damn i'm telling this is why i told you guys that combat here isn't going very uh is going not going to end up very long because the wooden sword does three damage plus the three damage that you already did makes you do a total of six fucking damage 
which means that this enemy that you are fighting, you knocked him the fuck out, according based on uh, you know, we like to quote Friday around here, so you he got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Oh, because you knocked him out, I want you to narrate this for me because I need to hear how you're able to use your sword mastery to take this loser down a peg. I wasn't planning on narrating anything because I didn't expect to, you know, one shot. But um, neither was I. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. But uh, I'm just gonna say as. Uh, as we're all coming in through uh, onto the ship, and we see uh, Hitoshi there, I, in lack of better terms, Yaka kind of goes into a little bit of a rage because he just saw a close friend just get, you know, walloped. So he's gonna just charge in, and as my opponent is trying to swing his boken at me. I block a few times, and since I'm being real fluid in my movements, he makes one swing, and I just duck down. His sword comes right over my head, and lack of better terms, I just Assassin's Creed. I just, like, jump and roll my shoulders over his shoulders and get behind him, and as he turns around, just whack, right with the hilt of my, uh, my wooden sword. And just drop them. Sweet. And of course, once again, because these are wooden swords, I mean, they might leave a couple of bruises, but nobody is bleeding, at least externally, at least yet anyways. <laughs> but... I mean, not lying. There, there might be a little trickle coming down his, uh, his eyebrow or something. He broke my but nose! Nothing major. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just turns around and just... Whack! Oh my goodness. Alright, so you knock him the fudge out. So he's disarmed and that takes care of him. I wasn't expecting you to one-shot him, but once again, here we are. We live in the present. Alrighty, so with that, that's going to be the end of that one. So, uh, Daidaro, you are up next, my friend. So, same thing. You first need to tell me what elemental stance do you want to use? I'm pissed, so it's going to be fire. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is gonna be a fun effect. So in the fire stance, obviously you're pissed off, so it's gonna be you're using the fire stance, which means that when you succeed on a check, you can count as having one additional bonus success for each strife result on your check. So if you get a strife, you those also count as bonus successes. So this is gonna be some bullshit, but it's gonna be a great time. Okay, um, so yes. I was gonna say also, I'm gonna double hand my Boken so that it also has plus two damage for a total of five. Yeah. Holy shit, we already got there. <laughs> so we shall see. Okay, here we go. Okay, so I got explosive success, a success with strife, a success with strife, and an opportunity with strife. And then I'm gonna roll two more dice for the ex or one more dice for the explosive success, and I'm gonna see if I want to keep it. Another opportunity. So, with that being said, hold up. Wait a minute. Watch we put our captain in it. Um, hold up. I got the news. Um, I wanted to use an ability, but that's that's okay. So it's gonna be uh three successes for what I rolled, and then one, two, three, four, five successes for each strife, right? That is correct. You count the strife as bonus successes. <laughs> so that's eight successes in total. Again, to quote Friday, you knock him the. Bug out! <laughs> so, narrate this moment for me. And where you hit, how you do it, just make it extra spicy for me. 
Um, so we're like all coming into this thing, and just the first, the first like person I see, or can I pick a specific person's? You can. So just to clarify, there are three kind of like henchmen looking Lion Clan members. And then there's the one that's been giving you up. guys like nothing but bad attitude and just a horrible time. Nonetheless. So that guy. OK, I didn't know we could pick a specific target. <laughs> that was my fault because I should have mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, because that's who I was wanting to go for. That is true, but to, honestly, this is actually very poetic too, because Daidro and this person have had some beef this whole entire the last three days of this Topaz Championship. He's been giving me a hard time, man. For no that. reason. I I could say that the uh, the guy that was giving us crap was the one I was initially going for, but when I rolled over the shoulder, I just cracked down on the person that was behind him, leaving this line guy to Daidro. <laughs> sweet. So, Daidro, go ahead and tell me how you get some pen. Sweet, sweet payback. So, I just kind of like have my Boken to my side, and I'm just going full sprint to him, beeline. I saw him, we locked eyes, and it was just like he saw the heat of the forge, the 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 fire that builds in that builds up inside any young angsty uh, smithy just come out as I just keep it low, sprint forward, and as soon as I see him, I just hit him straight across the kind of like the upper head temple area, just with a wide uh, swipe and then just like power stance kneel thing like behind him. If if I have to use an opportunity for that, I will. Make it super flashy, just plink! Oh yeah, if you want to use an opportunity, you can spend it to make it extra flashy that way. (laughs) So yeah, I do it that way. Like the whole like when the two samurai like run at each other and they do the the eye slash and then one of them like has the whole blood thing, but instead of blood, it's he just falls unconscious. <laughs> Alrighty, that is that is most excellent, my friend. Alrighty, so with that being said, that it takes that one out again. Wasn't expecting all this crap to happen, but you know. <laughs> You're welcome. No, honestly, like I love it. And it's so much fun because I like to see my players have a good time. Speaking of players having a good time, Kaito, it is finally your turn. <laughs> all right. Um to do yes. So I am let's see here. So I have to roll the ring I'm using and. Oh, yeah, it's okay. So first we got to figure out what elemental stance do you want to take? So. Um, I think Kaito at this point is still in his earth stance uh, from the assessment, just taking deep breaths and keeping keeping things calm as he prepares to strike. Cool. And once again, you are using which elemental? Earth. Okay. Okay, so this is going to be fun. So, with the Earth stance, your effect is is that when other characters make attack action checks or scheme, which we'll get into a little bit later, that target you, they cannot spend a... (laughs) They can't spend their opportunity to inflict critical strikes, conditions, or persistent effects on you. So, all the extra shit that I had planned, I can't do it to you this round. So, good on you. <laughs> so, with you choosing the Earth stance, so that is the elemental ring that you are going to pick. And then you, my friend, are going to give me a uh, melee. So, Marshall but is going to be under melee. Yep. And uh, so... Now, are you doing one or two hands with this Boken? Um, it's going to be two-handed. I figured as much. <laughs> I shouldn't have even asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if I hit, and, and even if I, if I don't end it, but I do do damage, I, I'm already in my head what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> 
All right, let's see what we got here. All right, so I have uh, success, two success with uh, strife, and an opportunity with strife. Okay, so you may choose to keep any of those. So that is up to you. You may keep them all. You may only keep a few, but it is up to you. I am going to keep the three, um, the three successes, and I'm gonna toss away the opportunity. Okay. So you accumulated three successes, but you also accumulate two strife. Yes. So mark the two strife to keep down. So narratively speaking, this actually gives me an opportunity to, to explain strife. So your character can accumulate strife over the course of a game, whether it's through combat or, you know, certain ability checks not doing too well. But the cool thing is that with some narrative focus, like during downtime or some more of the quieter moments of a scene, you are able to actually do, narratively speaking, you may do anything that kind of brings your character back into center and to focus, which allows you to remove strife from your overall character. So the cool thing is, is that strife can narratively be used against you, but it can also be narratively use of how your character overcomes it and kind of reevaluates and finds their center. Again, we love storytelling here. <laughs> yeah, and I think and I think for Kaito, just uh, with how he is, um, I feel like the the more strife he accumulates, the closer to another uh, panic attack he gets. That is true. Okay, so with those three successes, you attack one of the lions. Now, granted, it doesn't knock him the fuck out. <laughs> but it does cause a bit of, you know, a little pushback, so to speak. And actually, I want... This is interesting for you because, yes, you have your wooden sword, but I want you to narrate this to me because, just like your other exam, because I remember this too, you're, Sh you're a Shugenja user, so you can imbue your magic into your weaponry. So I want you to give me some vivid details. Paint me this picture. What is a sword attack with, you know, Kaito and Shugenja look like? Do I get anything extra for, for adding the Shugenja or no? <laughs> if you impress me, I will give you a bonus success. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Listen, all right. The more creative you are, within reason, like, I want to reward players, so. Alright, so, as he's holding, uh, holding that wooden sword in front of him, taking this strong stance towards the ground, he's taking deep breaths to prepare himself, and at, with each breath, you see as his hands kind of be and the hilt of the sword begin to get covered in stone um making his grip uh tighter to use um the most of his strength and to uh keep his grip firm on his sword um and as he's doing this, you see as from the rock, vines begin growing on the blade of the sword to signify his earth stance. And, and from there, he starts slowly uh, walking forward and starts going into more of a run before going in for a strike right at one of the lions uh, cr crossing against their chest. Okay, that you had me at your hands beginning to be covered in earth, so that you already <laughs> me hook, lang, and sinker, so I will award you that bonus, so. Now this one yes. goes from looking kind of bad to this is, he doesn't look very good. He's, he's, uh, He's Peter Parker. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he's still standing, but barely. All righty. So 
thank you for being patient, my friend. But Shodai, it is your turn to step up onto the stage. So first and foremost, which elemental stance would you like to be using? Or water. Water. Just water is the answer. Water. Okay. So as um, mentioned, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Before we go further, I, I, I need some clarifications. Uh, we are on a boat. Surrounded by water. <laughs> Surrounded by water. Are we uh -huh. on the on? Are we on the top deck? Yep. Okay. Um. And is this uh, a Japanese uh, like a Japanese um, um um a classic Japanese style boat? Yeah, I will say that it is. It, so, it's it's very bare minimum and basic, but it, the accoutrement looks great. But it is built as your standard kind of like Japanese sailing sailing vessel. Okay, so so then the the top deck that we're on is outside, right? C correct. Okay, and the um the deck is not like wide like a like a a western british ship or anything like that it's it's a it's a smaller area it's a little bit smaller yes okay cool all right um uh, so uh shodai uh he's also a shigenja um however uh he uh is a different style of shigenja he is an ayuchi uh, meishodo master um or that's that's his school um, so what he does is he makes talismans and he casts spells that he imbues out of his talismans. So, having said that, uh, we are going to... So the, the nice thing is with the talisman, it reduces the difficulty check by one. Um, so... We are going to uh, cast the Rushing Wave, which is a TN2 Theology Water check. However, with using the um, um, using the um, what's it called? Uh, the Talisman. Use, using the Talisman that reduces it down to a TN1 Theology check. So, um. And I'm going to cast this towards the individual uh, who isn't looking so good right now. Okay. Oh, I love it. So I got <laughs> one success, one strife, and two opportunity. Okay, so obviously <laughs> you definitely are, you want to keep the success. You can choose to get rid of any of the strife. And of course, you can also bank the opportunity to narratively do more flashier stuff and make it cooler. But yeah, that one, that one success is definitely what you Okay, we are, so we are going to keep that one strife. Mm -hmm. We are going to bank those two... Uh, those two opportunity. So this this spell effect. Um, first and foremost, with the spell, I need to cast it with a body of water close by. Which is you, you guys are on the ship. As I mentioned, y'all are at the docks. It is in the water. So you definitely have that part. Uh, so now second. If you succeed during a skirmish, which uh, I'm assuming this is a skirmish. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you summon a rushing water spout that propels the target. The target may immediately move one range band plus additional range bands equal to your bonus successes. So I didn't get any bonus successes. So he's only going to move one. Uh, but what I'm, what we're basically trying to do is we're going to have a water spout shoot from one side of the deck and smack him to try to knock him off the boat. Well, I mean, you've definitely succeeded in doing that. Oh, man, this is too perfect. Shoda, I used Hydro Pump. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you literally are the embodiment it's, of a Pokemon, and I love it. It's, it's, it's effective. It so really now... So, so narrate this, because you knocked him the fuck out. <laughs> so now, narratively, 
Um, Shodai, uh, he, his one foot, he, his one foot slips, uh, slips back. His other foot starts to slide forward in, in like an arc motion. Uh, and the background, the camera, the background, all of a sudden starts going blurry, uh, vertically blurry, right? Like, like it does in the animes, right? Uh, and the camera starts swinging around him as he swings his one arm and he looks like he's going to reach for, uh, for his bokan, but instead he reaches in his sleeve and pulls out an onigiri. And as he pulls out the onigiri with the other hand comes up and he brings the onigiri over his head and he breaks it. And as he breaks it, he says, water spout. And as the water spout comes up and over and smacks into the sky and knocks him off the deck, Shodai then slowly brings the two halves of Onigiri down and brings one to his mouth and takes a bite. There is a mixture of emotions as I'm looking at across the screen with that description. Some of us love it. Some of us are like, what the hell just happened? Oh, my God, Adolfo, this is why I live to do these kinds of games. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so he is knocked the fuck out. So, ladies and germs, you have taken three out of the four of these bastards out, which I was not expecting so soon. But you know what? This is a great time. And with that, my little Shodai, as this Sloan uh, lion snot is looking around at the rest of his comrades including the quote-unquote boss being knocked to the floor like in the fetal position trying to discover what choices had led them to this moment there is a hint of apprehension which then goes to fear which then goes to sadness which then leads into blind bravery so despite looking around he's still going to try to hit somebody let me see who this gonna be. Oh, perfect. So, uh, it's some crap, but uh, he's gonna try to go after you, Kaito. But of course, since you're in the elemental earth stance, I can't do any of the fun shit I had planned. So he's just gonna try to hit you with his little boken. So now I get to roll some dice. <laughs> Which is weird, because this is the first time in this whole entire campaign that I get to roll some dice. <laughs> Damn it, Will, I'm happy for the dice, but I feel like you cursed me on purpose. So that is two opportunities and a strife. So that is no successes. This is some bullshit. <laughs> so narratively speaking, as this uh, lion clan member comes in to try to swipe at you with the Boken Kaito. He misjudges how much water was left over as a residual of uh, Shodai's hydro pump, so to speak. So as he steps forward to kind of try to get that momentum to kind of sideswipe you with the Boken, he ends up slipping and kind of just the direction of everything and the trajectory just gets thrown off balance. He's still on his feet, but he's in a precarious position where he completely missed. So he has to hold himself so he doesn't do the splits and pull something that he's going to regret later. I almost see as he attempts to swing. Um, if you if you would allow me to add something on to that, um, as he attempts to swing, I go to actually block it using the rock on my hands which sends him into that kind of spin and losing his balance. Oh, hell yes. Like, I'm totally down for that. Listen, this is collaborative storytelling at its finest, but unfortunately, that is going to be the end of his turn, which means back at the top of this order, uh, Yaka, it is your turn, my friend. So we're finally back to you. There's only one person left. So what elemental stance do you wish to use? I'm having a lot of luck, so I'm going to stick with water. Okay, so once again, after you make a check, you may remove two strife, ready or stow an item, or move one range band. But since y'all are relatively close, we don't have to worry about that, and you don't really have any items, so two strife it is. All right, so same thing. 
using the water elemental ring as your element, you're going to need to roll me a melee check. And I'm assuming you're using two hands for this uh, sword. <laughs> yes. I didn't even need the yes part. The laugh tells me everything I need to know. All right, my friend. So go ahead and roll and then we will tally up the total. Oh, this is so beautiful, ladies and gentlemen, and all non-binary people of the world. We'll talk off camera, but I found a new phrase, and I think it's hilarious, but I don't think it's appropriate. And I'd like to thank Skate the Infinite for giving me the same. Okay. Uh, all right, so what we get? So I'm just going to go ahead and take off the two strifes since I'm using the water stance. Mm -hmm. So that comes up to two successes, an explosive success, and an opportunity. Okay. So obviously you're going to use all those successes, and you may choose to bank that opportunity to narratively do something cool later. Okay. We're going to do that, yes. Cool. All right, so with that four... Mechanically speaking, this one is not looking the greatest. In fact, he's not looking too good at all. After almost near ripping his groin in two, after trying not to pull the splits, after slipping on some water. Uh, Yaka, narratively speaking, how do you add insult to injury with this poor, poor kid in this precarious position? <laughs> As he's trying to get his composure to keep himself from doing the splits. Kind of like if, if the listening audience, if you've ever watched Naruto, how the, you'll just see like lines behind somebody and then all of a sudden the character appears. Somehow, that's what Yaka does. He just appears right behind them. Hits him right in the small of the back, again with the, uh, the pommel of his boken. And as he's... Uh, as uh, lion turd is starting to kind of move forward. Yaka is just gonna drop, spin his uh, his foot out, sweep one of his legs uh, out from under him, makes him do the split, and as Yaka is standing up, I just simply say, "You bring great dishonor to the lion clan." Damn. <laughs> Yikes, and then coming from a lion to another. Ooh, child, the drama. Oh, this is going to be so good. But yeah, like I stated, not looking the best right now, but barely still standing. And with that, that ends your turn. All right, Daidro, it is your turn in the spotlight, oh, my friend. He's really standing right now, so. Yeah, you added insult to injury. So this this poor kid, like, yeah, he, I don't know what's worse, getting he's hit or the Soprano fact that right now. Yeah, this is crazy. Alrighty, so Daidro, uh, it is your turn. So what elemental stance are you using this round? Um, let me double check my strife. Oh, um, I suppose I can use water just so i can lower my strife by two okay so i got a success an explosive success an opportunity and i will one more die for oh wait that's a, one more die for the explosive and that's another um success with opportunity uh, so I have three successes in total, and then yeah, three successes. All right, I mean that definitely is going to do it. So, tell me how you put this poor kid out of, figuratively speaking, his misery. Um, I kind of like approach him, just this menacing look. Kind of like that whole anime thing where you have those glowing, glowing eyes. And he just kind of like grabs him and picks him up by his shirt and just gives him a good old headbutt. Knocking him unconscious. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, so as you do this, Daidro, you knocked in the since we're going with this theme tonight, since, you know, 
You knocked him the fuck out. <laughs> oh my goodness. So as you connect with your strike, you are able to bop and just this poor kid just falls to the floor. <laughs> and with that being said, ladies and germs of the jury and court, you guys have successfully survived your first combat encounter in Udo Sato. So I'm so proud of you guys. <laughs> we even got strife in there too. Yes. Everything is it's like an onion. This game has layers. <laughs> I used hydro pump. <laughs> you, oh my God. Let's talk about that because I knew that you were a Shugenja user. Corner. <laughs> I posted in the commentary corner. Mikey's thinking of Pokemon using hydro pump. I'm thinking of Aang from the last airbender just knocking firebenders off of uh, warships at the North Pole. Just all Listen. of a sudden, big cyclone. Just Speaking of which, when I finally get the final hardcover slash PDF in my hands, I am so excited for that game. But that's a different conversation for a different time. We can geek out about that <laughs> off camera. But yeah, so Adolfo, going back to you, I knew that you were a Shugenja user. I forgot that you could use it. So literally the embodiment of Hydro Pump made my evening. <laughs> and... Uh, and even Chris, the way you described using the Shugenja and the sword, I'm just like, oh, give it to me now. <laughs> That's why I chose this this uh, character in a way. I've always wanted to play a play in any game a character that can imbue their weapons with um, elemental properties to to attack with. Oh my goodness, I love it. But with that being said, we are now officially quote-unquote out of combat. And so as the four of you are kind of reassessing the situation, kind of with wooden swords in hand, and a battered and beaten Hitoshi kind of just walking up, watching everyone from the other side of the boat, you all can kind of see him kind of like, the old school, like full house kind of you got it, dude, with the thumbs up <laughs> and just like holding his ribs and everything. So uh, should I should I will move to assist uh, Hitoshi? Cool. Bye, so. Guys. All right. So the two of you go over to assess Hitoshi and you're kind of just helping him up. Uh, Daidoro and Kaito, I'm assuming that you're kind of within the vicinity, but kind of a little bit back as you're kind of giving them space to check on him. Yeah, I'm stacking lion unconscious on top of each other like a pile. Cool. So you d you do that and you start to pile the bodies up and then Kaito, you're off to the side a little bit. So, Daidoro, you're piling bodies up, and you end up getting the, uh, quote-unquote, three henchmen, so to speak. But when you go to look for the main leader that you knocked out to get his body, he is no longer where he was originally at when you knocked him out, when he got knocked out. <laughs> that slippery little bastard. And as you turn around to kind of try to, you know, tell your comrades that you can see that this slippery little bastard somehow has managed to find a kind of a small little knife with an actual blade in it. And he is rushing towards Shodai. But before he can make contact with it, uh, Ikigai, do you want to narrate what happens next for me, please? All right. Time seems to stand still for a little bit. Everybody is acutely aware of the the shining of the knife in uh, in what seems to be a distant thunderstorm. Just lightning flashes in the steel, and calmly, Ikigai seems to be walking across the deck of the ship. And bear in mind that time is fairly still currently. 
a set of ethereal glowing foxtails accompanied by his normal normally glowing golden yellow eyes ikigai leaves burn marks on the deck of the ship as he still calmly walks towards this young lion carrying the knife pity in his eyes for what he is about to do he draws his sword and as soon as he has drawn it it is back in his sheath and time resumes so <laughs> in fact i'm gonna let you finish this so go ahead when time resumes uh explain to our young fledglings what they end up seeing as time kind of be- continues to flow <laughs> the knife clatters to the ground accompanied by the young lion's hand he's screaming and ikigai looks to to his ragtag team of i don't know high school graduates um, hold please an otokodate is the strongest bond a group can form have each other's backs before someone else does and with those words in a essentially mist he disappears only the vague outline of a a fox with two or three tails can be seen in the fog essentially and he's gone oh my goodness and so with that being said ladies and gentlemen that is where we're going to conclude this session for tonight <laughs> ah! <laughs> speechless speeches all around we will discuss off camera because you guys have no idea how long we've been holding on that one for a very long time but oh my goodness oh that reminds me too i cannot wait for will to hear this episode <laughs> Ooh, baby, this is going to be a good one. But with that being said, I know this was on the shorter end, ladies and gentlemen. But thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Furusato, a Legend of the Five Rings actual play podcast. When we come back with next episode, we're going to pick up with what just happened, allowing the characters to express what happened as well as begin the fallout from said combat and what the rest of this adventure entails. But until next time, remember everyone, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, let the good times roll. For us here at Furusato, to all of you, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.